everybody. I'm Senator Crystal Diamond. I represent Senate District 35, which is the boot hill of New Mexico, of Hidalgo County, Luna County, Sierra County, and the west side of Doniana County. So a majority of those boot hill counties actually encompass the U.S.-Mexico border. One of the top priority concerns in my district is border security. And so we are here today with Congresswoman Yvette Harrell, who has been a champion since she's been in office and drawing attention and getting us the resources that we need down there on that southern New Mexico border. Um, first of all, Congresswoman, thank you for joining us. It's good to have you in New Mexico. You know what? I am so happy to be home. It's always a good day to be back in New Mexico. But speaking of border, I mean, we absolutely have a crisis there. And I'm sure you were aware our office actually wrote a letter to Vice President um, Harris asked her to come to New Mexico to understand our reality, the reality that the people out of Luna you know, County, Hidalgo County, and actually all of New Mexico live with every single day. And then we took it a step further, and I asked her to take me to Guatemala with her. So if we're really going to be serious about addressing the border crisis, we could have bipartisan conversations. But of course, um, we never had any response from the vice president. And that's unfortunate because this is seriously something that I think mainstream media is not talking about as much, but we need to be talking about the border crisis every single day. Every single day. And we yeah. are down here in Southern New Mexico. Yeah. And I want to thank you for making sure that that conversation continues to go on. So for our listeners, could you give us just a general update of where we were since the shift in administration, what wow. the border issue looks like today? Yeah, it's it's a never changing situation. I mean, ever changing. Um, of course, January 20th, midnight, the construction of the border wall stopped. So there's no way to get that fixed. We have gone down. We've looked on the Johnson Ranch at some of the gaps in the fencing, the three-quarter mm -hmm. mile gaps. Um, we've worked all across the border. We've had a CODEL, a congressional delegation, come to the border. We brought the oversight committee down. We toured the Johnson Ranch. We toured down by Columbus, the ports of entry, so that members of Congress from around the country could understand what was happening. And, and let's, well, I, I want to make sure we say this. The crossings in New Mexico are very different from what we see down in the Rio Grande Valley in Texas. Mm -hmm. Most of the people coming through in New Mexico are young adult men. Um, these are people that do not want to get caught. They are wearing camouflage. They have on the black masks. I mean, they're coming for a reason and they're working for the cartel. And what's sad, cartel are the ones making all the money. Because mm -hmm. every single man, woman, or child coming across the southern border is paying the cartel to do so. So no one wants to talk about the amount of fentanyl. You know, the amount of fentanyl that's getting through the border now has gone up over 600%, plus your methamphetamines, all other illicit drugs. No one wants to talk about the women and children that are being raped, one out of three, on the way to our nation through either transit countries um, or by the coyotes. It is horribly bad and now with this weather changing you've recently saw the news that i've seen they've they found the mortality rate is going up and that's because of the elements because of the heat mm -hmm. um so we introduced a bill a pause act which would have kept title 42 in play and title 42 was a health order that president trump put into place that gave the border patrol agents the ability to expel anybody coming into our nation from Mexico or Canada, they could process very quickly right on the border and expel them back to those two countries. That's not being implemented as it was under the Trump administration. So we're seeing a lot more traffic coming through. And since the Biden administration took over, 
every month the increasement of people coming across our border 178,000 in May you know 160,000 in April it, it's not going away um, and this is a huge huge burden on the American taxpayer but no one's talking about the cost to the American people the cost and really and our, our personal security too there's a cost with that 100%. right oh yes it's a national security issue um, and I'm so grateful for the states like now Florida who mm -hmm. are actually sending resources to Texas and Governor Abbott in Texas is actually allocating funds to finish the border wall in Texas and it's unfortunate I sent a letter to our governor I asked the governor to send our National Guard troops to the southern border because there is such an influx in people that about 120 agents are actually pulled off the border and put into these processing centers so that they can help process. We need to help those men and women that are keeping our border safe, mm -hmm. but we could have done so better by putting our National Guard on the southern border. She won't do it. So New Mexico is kind of on its own. And it's so sad and surprising that I'm the only member of the delegation that's talking about this isn't about just the counties that you represent. It's about all of New Mexico and all of the nation, because now we're seeing just a huge push into the interior of our country mm -hmm. and the housing. You know, we're sending people all over the country. We're house taxpayer dollars are housing feeding, medicating, you know, giving them tickets on a bus, on a plane to wherever they want to go in the country. And another bill we introduced just recently was a, back, a background check bill, which I believe if we're going to turn a blind eye to the, on the safety of Americans, then we should know who's coming to our nation. This bill actually says we want background checks on people that are coming here. And especially if they're willing to come here illegally, we need to know a little bit more about them. Do they have a criminal record? Have they been convicted of any criminal uh, charges in either country of origin or country of transit? Because right now we do basically an American kind of a FBI background check, but we don't check the other countries. And so I think it's only fair. We have registration and background checks for buying guns, for sex offenders, you know, for credit, for everything else. So really, it's a double standard, and Americans are living under a different standard than those that are coming here illegally, and we're incentivizing them to come here illegally. And it's sad because we're placing the value of Americans on the back burner. We should be focusing on educating our kids, getting our homeless veterans off the streets, you know, ensuring that we're bolstering our economy, doing more for the American worker and the American business owner, but we're not. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of these people that are crossing, we're finding out it, it may be on the U.S.-Mexico border, but they're not. In fact, most of them are now not from Mexico. I mean, they're That's coming right. from all over in some of these terrorist countries as well. They're crossing in. Yeah. I mean, that, that's dangerous. It's so dangerous. You make a great point. Uh, by and large, you know, they're coming from the Northern Triangle. But I spoke with uh, Brandon Judd, who's the president of the Border Patrol Council. They have identified 160 countries of people that have come here illegally. And many of those, Crystal, to your point, is they are on the FBI's most wanted list. Right. They're so not we, friendly. That's exactly right. right. So we've opened our, our borders, you know, and I said this, you know, on Fox News the other day, I said, unfortunately, this could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. We could have we could have kept the remain in Mexico policies that President Trump put into play 
in place, we could have kept the Title 42 in its uh, in its how the purpose of the bill or the uh, policy was, you know, to give the authority to expel because now they're they're making some changes to it. So if it's a if it's a family unit, they don't actually use the Title 42 right now. We've really uh, watered down what the intent of that Title 42 was. But, you know, we never saw anybody in the last four years come to the border that said, you know, with a shirt on that said, Trump, let me in. But right. we see it with the Biden let me in. And it's sad to think that um, the entire takeaway from our vice president was the fact that she's never been to Europe. I mean, she doesn't even take this seriously. Right. And it's because they know it's a crisis. They don't have an answer. And now states are stepping up to take on the challenges that our federal government is actually responsible for. Absolutely. You mentioned that some governors, um, you know, throughout America, they don't even necessarily have to have border sure. lands here are stepping up because they recognize the crisis. Yep. I'll tell you, you know, I'm a freshman legislator. And when I came here to the Capitol this session, I, because of COVID, had to go through rounds of security. Right. We were a little fenced in, right? <laughs> a wall around the Capitol to keep us safe right. for under under the guise of COVID. Yet at the same time, my phone was blowing up for for constituents back home, because as soon as they stopped building that wall, yep. as you know, on the Jans Johnson Ranch, for example, it literally created a funnel yep. for illegal activity. Yep. And these were not people coming across. As you know, we have a, a labor uh, shortage. We need workers in yep. New Mexico. These are not individuals coming across wanting no. to help our ag producers. These are scary. These are the bad guys that are being These are the people in. that work, uh, by and large, the ones coming in through the New Mexico uh, portion are the cartel. These are Absolutely. people working for the cartel. Um, and it's sad to know that the cartel actually has a roster. Every every woman, man and child that comes across the southern border has a bracelet given to them by the cartel. And there's little there will be a little picture. It may be a fish. It may be a rabbit. And that identifies what subsection of the cartel they will be um, responsible to. And uh, again, in the month of March, cartel made over four hundred million dollars. I, I, I told them at the press conference, we're, we are funneling money, almost laundering money. Taxpayer dollars are paying for all this. We're right. giving money to those coming here illegally, and then they're turning around and paying the cartel. It, it doesn't make sense. This is It's cruel to the people that are coming here, and there are some that just have no idea the, the risk they're taking in doing so. Right. It's costly to the American taxpayer, and it's cowardice that our administration will not recognize the crisis, stand up to the plate and take uh, national security serious and take what's happening across our southern border and now the interior of our country. They won't take it seriously. The the federal administration isn't doing their job. And then as, as the state of New Mexico is not doing their That's job. Right. So um, I appreciate the attention that you brought to it. But while we were in lockdown here to keep us safe, um, this governor refused to acknowledge the crisis going on right here in our own state. Yeah. There's been zero attention that's been brought to that. I don't feel like we're getting the resources. We're, we're not, not getting the help. We're, we're not even talking about it here in New Mexico well, like we should be. It's it's just like it is in D.C. And, and our governor is just as good a champion at it as uh, President Biden. It's a double standard. I mean, and I said this at the press conference. We've, we've been in lockdown, kids out of school. We've been separated, mm -hmm. isolated. Many businesses did not even make it to the COVID. And it was a mask here and a mandate there. Then they turn the blind eye. All these people are coming into the country. Nobody's checking them for COVID. Nobody knows what other infectious diseases they're carrying. So that tells me either COVID, we know it was a, it's a serious virus, but it either means it wasn't as serious as our government would want us to believe and their mm -hmm. fear factor was working so well on the American people, or they really don't care. 
Because how can you, just like you're saying, you know, a double standard, a double you know, standard, keeping you protected, but opening the border. And, and again, like you mentioned, those funnels and it is worrisome. And I hope our governor's paying attention because now that Florida is sending resources to Texas to help secure the border, I've already had calls. People are concerned that it'll push more people through into New Mexico, which obviously it will. Mm -hmm. And until our governor recognizes that she needs to be putting the value of the people of New Mexico first and start stepping up to the plate to help us, we're going to see an increase, I believe, of border crossings as if it can get any worse, but it will in the in the parts of the state that you represent um, it, because it's just so porous right now. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, New Mexico businesses, you mentioned, some didn't make it and we're still right. struggling. New Mexico isn't even in a full reopen, but that border is wide open and the cartel business and, um, you know, sex trafficking and human trafficking yeah. is at an all time high. Yeah. So the irony there. It, is- it, yeah. And they, you know, whenever in D.C., you know, they'll accuse me of, you know, not liking children. Or I'm not, a, you know, I don't care for human rights. Yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. The danger that these people are putting themselves in, not only by the cartel, but through the elements just coming here. Look at the video of the children that have been dropped over the fence, dropped on the side of the border. It just, it makes no sense. But why aren't we talking about the drug problems we have in America? Mm -hmm. And now we're just opening the doors for more fentanyl and dangerous drugs that that we haven't seen this kind of uh, a drug before. And in the amounts that we're seeing it now coming to our country, no one's even talking about it. Uh, we do all this work on the war on drugs, and we've placed so many unnecessary burdens on the backs of our men and women in law enforcement and Border Patrol, all because they want to have a double standard on the American people. And look, don't even get me started on the wilderness areas, the amount of trash that's being left, 500 tons of trash coming off of the wilderness areas down near the border, 100 abandoned vehicles. If you or somebody in your districts for sure on these that have these public land allotments wanted to go out and say, you know, put up a new piece of fence, they'd have to get a NEPA study and they'd have to go through months months and months months of regulation. And yet these riparian areas, quote unquote, all these public lands are being absolutely destroyed by this foot traffic. And yet Where's the environmentalists? Exactly. You know, where are the uh, regulators? Nowhere, because it's a double standard. And this, this is an administration of built on hypocrisy. It is not about build back, build back better. It's about tear down and tear down faster. I mean, this has been the most ridiculous administration we've seen in the White House in years. And and I will tell you, it is one thing to demoralize a sitting president and complain about policies that actually worked for the American people. It's a very different thing to see an administration dismantle our nation. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what's happening. And it's starting with our open border policy. It's starting with shutting down our energy sector, reintroducing the Endangered Species Act, waters of the United States, which I know Even in New Mexico, we're having that same conversation as we speak today. It just, nothing is making sense. And we're only six months in. So I I don't know how, I don't know how New Mexico sustains another three and a half years, especially with the current governor who is not providing any support to New Mexicans either. No, I mean, she's just as guilty as incentivizing people. You know, again, New Mexico, again, finding ourselves in the top five of the worst states in terms of unemployment. You know, why can't, why is it so difficult to want to see America and New Mexico 
you know, just embrace the greatness of our, of our state. Mm -hmm. We have so many industries here that are amazing. Uh, So many natural resources, communities, so many great people live here. And yet our governor seems to care more about those getting into our nation illegally and following down the path of these harmful policies that are coming out of Washington. than she cares about the people that have invested their lives and their livelihoods in the state of New Mexico. Mexico. It doesn't make sense. I agree. So Congresswoman, where do we go from here? You mentioned Title 42. It's still in place, but it's not being enforced. Is that correct? It's still in play, but they've watered it down. So before Title 42 was utilized for everybody crossing the border illegally. Now they've, they've, kind of skimmed it back to where they're only using it certain in certain areas, uh, uh, men, young adults sometimes, okay. sometimes not. I mean, they're not enforcing it. And why? Because we're spending so much time having to process these people, moving the unaccompanied minors over to say a HHS, um, you know, facility, for instance, Fort Bliss, you know, now they have basically a tent city there with 3,500, in fact, I'm sorry, 4,500 unaccompanied minors in this facility and they are turning those kids into the interior of our nation every 30 days. This oh, is heartbreaking. Crazy. It is. Yeah. So, you know, the title 42, if they would have kept it in place coupled with the remain in Mexico policy, but that's gone. So this catch and release, catch and release and the numbers, by the way, this 180,000 for the month of April mm-hmm. or excuse mm-hmm. me, May, that doesn't include the gotaways. I mean, we know just by virtue of speaking with Border Patrol, um, Border Patrol Council, that it's in the hundreds of thousands. But, you know, there's no way to put a number, an exact number on that. And to think that this administration doesn't seem to believe that we have a crisis on the border, it just it doesn't make sense. And we're paying for it. And we also um, introduced a bill, which I think this is going to be a great one. And I hope it gets traction on both sides of the aisle. But it it actually repays our farmers, ranchers, families, and communities on the border that are seeing a loss of livestock, personal property, maybe crops, Mm -hmm. vehicles, fencing, water lines, um, also will pay back uh, communities that are having to pay more now because of all of this influx of traffic. And that's just a good bill. It makes sense. I mean, this is something we can do for the American uh, worker, farmer, landowner. You know, yeah, that's just good community. policy. Yeah. It's hard to put a price on peace of mind. It is. But, and that's, but that's a start. It's a start, right. at least if we can reimburse for personal property. And I've talked to um, the Johnsons about this. In fact, We've actually had the Johnsons on uh, participate in some of our committee hearings because there's just no way to help the nation understand how dire this is. And I think most people think, well, I don't live in a border state, so it doesn't affect me. It does. Drugs are coming your way. You know, criminal, illegal criminals are coming your way. You oh, know, yeah. We're just the, the gate. hub cities. We're, we're the, the gate, gateway. But they're headed in. They're, they're right. coming in. That's right. You you mentioned just briefly the congressional delegation that you brought down to Columbus and then you took a tour. I just want to stress to our listeners what a big deal that was. Yeah. And you brought people who can really make an influence um, on, on national policy. Can you give us, just let us know who was here, yeah. what they saw, and really what they took away from it, that trip? It was so great um, because, first off, there has never been a delegation like that in New Mexico. So it was the Oversight Committee. So you had Chairman um, Comer, Jamie Comer, who's our ranking member, not the chairman, but he's the ranking member, myself, um, uh, Representative Franklin. We had... Um, Representative Ralph Norman. I mean, we just we just had a number of people, and they are from all over the nation. All over, and you had full media here. We had full media, so we, you know, I kind of jokingly said, I 
think that was probably one of the biggest things that's ever hit Columbus, but we had a round table. I think so. And it, what was really great is there was media, there were farmers, ranchers, community leaders, elected officials, but it gave, it gave New Mexico the spotlight where we could speak to our stories. You know, when I say our, I mean the stories of these ranchers and it, you were there, it got very emotional mm -hmm. because I don't think people that live maybe in Kansas or in other parts of the country that don't really see this day to day, you know, can you imagine not allowing your kids to go out and play outside without an adult there or not, they can't go out and check livestock in the barn at night. And, you know, so, and to hear the stories of those people that live there held at gunpoint or stalked by these guys that are coming across the border illegally, we need to be telling that story every single day because that is not acceptable to be an American citizen and be afraid to live in your own community, in your, in your own, um, a town, you know, just because of the bad policy making and the the ignorance of those that are in, in the administration. I agree. That was a powerful. I remember Trisha Elbrock spoke of oh, the kidnapping yes. of her employees. Yes, I mean yes. this is real, and so I think it was important for you to bring people down there and to really see like a Normandy fence or or absolutely the, nothing the to say. This fence. is it. This yeah. is where this is where the border is, and yeah. this is where they're coming. People in. don't even realize it, and we really have pushed as the as the the. Um, oversight committee, we've written letters to the administration saying, listen, we need to finish this wall. We cannot leave these gaps in the fence. And then just like you said earlier, bring a funnel situation into the mix because it is just pushing people into those areas, but it, it's just happening everywhere. Yes. Um, and I hope, I very much hope that people in New Mexico will start putting pressure on our governor to take a real look at what's happening and take an active role in securing our Southern border, because this should not be the responsibility of the farmers, families, ranchers, We've got to have some help on all levels levels of government. And I know the counties are engaged, mm -hmm. um, but, but our governor needs to pay attention. I mean, these are New Mexicans. She represents them. This is her constituent base. And to be out of sight, out of mind is unacceptable. It's bad behavior and it's poor policy. I agree. I will I will pledge to help you and bring they, the attention and you have already, to this. Yeah. And we've we've done some great things. We've We've had some Zoom calls with yeah, you, Mark Morgan, who used to be the acting director of the Border Patrol. With uh, lots of ABB. interest. I We've mean, had this some is good, a hot topic good and stuff. We need to find yeah. some solutions. So, thank so you as we close, Congresswoman, what's our call to action? What do our listeners need to do? Do you want them to send letters? What, how, how do we address this crisis? Yeah, we've got to start putting the pressure on all of our elected officials, especially our governor and our other members of the delegation, the, the national delegation. I mean, I'm a, you know, beating the drum alone. And this to me, we are way past party politics on this issue. I agree. This is not about Democrat, Republican. It is truly about the safety of the American people. It's about placing the value of national security first. Let's be engaged. Let's make sure we're holding our elected officials, especially on the federal level, accountable. Make them answer the tough questions. Why aren't they helping us to secure the border to ensure that our families are safe, that the ones that it, it just bothers me that you know, they act like it doesn't really matter. It matters a lot. And it matters, especially to all of those people that live down on and near that border. So get engaged, pay attention to the policies that are coming out of Washington, D.C. Right now, there's more of a focus on climate change and equality than there are, you know, on ensuring that the American people are taken care of. But we need to start having real meaningful conversations about the policies, but we need to hold our elected officials, uh, you know, accountable 
for either their lack of involvement, their lack of interest, or whatever it is. I agree. All the way up from your county commissioners yep. to the president of the United States, yep. they need to understand how important this is. That's right. Not just to New Mexico, not just to Senate District 35, but to America That's right now. To so, America. Yep. It is. It's America's problem. It's America's problem. That's right. Thank you for joining us, You're Congresswoman. Welcome. Thank you for carrying our message and our voice up to D.C. Happy um, to. We, we pledge to stay committed with you, to carry this fight with you, but thank you for all your hard work. Thank you. It's a, my greatest honor, and I'm, I'm just grateful to be in this position, and I thank you for all your help and your commitment to the state. What a great job you've yeah. done. So well, We make a good team. Thank you for will. all you're doing down there in Southern You're Mexico. welcome. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will leave contact information for the Congresswoman below, yeah. and tune in next time.